Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? It's just a summer. Just hanging out. Summer. Enjoying the heat. So, funny story. I hit Daniel's car the other day in the parking lot not, of our office. Not gently. <laughs> not gently. Now, okay, I have to set the stage because it's important. I was pulling out of the parking lot, and I was getting ready to go turn left, and I looked to my right, and a car was barreling down the street on our side, and it looked like it was going to hit me. I probably had my front end sticking out a little bit, and I was like, wow. So I put it in reverse really quickly, backed up into a Volvo. Hey, man, that's not cool. Not a no Volvo. Bueno. What do you drive? What is it? It's Volkswagen. Into a Volkswagen. You drive a Volvo, right? I drive a Volvo. Slightly Volvo different. Volvo hit the Volkswagen. Anyways, so yeah, that's, that's wonderful. There goes my fast cash and probably more. <laughs> Out the window. <sighs> okay, you didn't. I'm trying to bring light to that, and Daniel's just staring at me. If you had YouTube, right? If we were still on YouTube, you'd see that he was just staring at me, going, "I'm not amused." Yeah, it happens. Okay, what else is going on in your world, other than being hit by people in parking lots? I mean, it's just that type of environment. You just take punches right now. <laughs> oh, we are taking punches, shrapnel all around. We actually. We got a question today about that very thing, which we're going to get to in a second. Uh, and we have, uh, I think it's it's interesting and, and probably uh, makes sense that some of our questions are now directed more towards the market volatility and the economy and so forth. I would suspect that that is a trend that we hear a lot of in the coming months. And I'm going to just reiterate, I know that we have a lot of people who show up to the podcast and like, oh, I just found the podcast. I binged all the episodes. So you have the luxury of hearing all of the sort of words and discussions pre-difficult times. And I would like to, I kind of want to give us a little bit of a pat on the back. It doesn't make it any easier for sure. Uh, from you know the perspective of going through these times, but I would like to think that during the last couple of years, when all things were wonderful, barring the pandemic, which was difficult, mm-hmm. obviously, but while everyone was making money and asset classes were expanding and rates were lower and all the rest of this stuff, we we I think stayed tried and true to the message of disciplined approach to saving, emergency fund budgeting investing, and so forth. And now, now we are in the practical application of what it's like to be a long-term investor in both good times and difficult times. That's what we're going to be talking probably a lot about here in the coming weeks and months because the stock market, as you know, unless you've been living under a rock, is down like a rock, falling like a rock, which often precludes what goes on in the overall environment. Economy, you mean? Yes. And it's sometimes bittersweet. I don't often like having a front row seat to what is going to be happening in the economy. 
as I drive home in my automobile after mm. the market has gone down. Why is that? Why is it precursor or prequel or pre whatever? Well, because companies are driven by profits, mm-hmm. and a lot of times when the stock prices go down, uh, investors are starting to believe that they are already seeing shrinking profits. They might have some insight. They might have done some due diligence, and often investor sentiment ends mm-hmm. up being correct. And when companies face profit struggles, they tend to lay off employees. They find ways to cut costs, whether it's reducing headcount, reducing products, upping prices, whatever it may be, to, I should say, increase profits or hold on to profits. And again, one of the easiest things in this environment, and we're seeing this a lot now in the tech space, uh, despite all the, the comments, so we can't find employees, we're trying, you know, it's a labor glut, and all the rest, or not a glut, where it's a labor shortage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now hearing a, a massive amount about companies laying off employees. So, and it becomes this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, I, there's a real wealth effect, both good and bad, when the stock market goes up and down, where people who are invested change their habits. I already am changing my habit. Just the other day, I mean, this is a small sample set, but just the other day I was in a hotel and I woke up in the morning and I'm typically one of those guys who will not only book a hotel near a Starbucks, but I will venture to the Starbucks to get a nice cup of coffee in the morning. Well, number one, I didn't care where the Starbucks was because I knew I wasn't going to the Starbucks. And when I got up in the morning, I was perfectly fine having the bold coffee in the hotel lobby that was part of my overall stay fee. Oh, good Lord. I did not venture out. Wow. Yep. And the other night when we would typically go grab a bite to eat after a swim meet, I was like, nope, we're all going home. You can make sandwiches. It's real simple. Make it stop. So think about it. You extrapolate what I'm doing among millions of people, that all of a sudden takes a toll as well. So Mm -hmm. it becomes this sort of cascading effect, if you will. And for a lot of folks that might not have started yet, but Wall Street's pricing in the fact that that could be starting as some of these dominoes start to fall, is what we're kind of saying. Yes. So when you have a front row seat to that, it's Mm -hmm. somewhat depressing when you're driving home after a terrible day and you think, ugh. Many people out there don't see kind of what's out there or what might be coming. Now, sometimes Wall Street's wrong, and they get crazy, and you never know what's going to happen. But that doesn't change the fact that we're going to talk about sort of how to handle these ups and downs when you're an investor. So let's get to our question. I think we've got Jack. Is that right? Jack, what do you got? D-I-Y! Hey, this is Jack from New Jersey. New listener to the podcast. Love the show. My question is in regards to my portfolio and how I should invest in it. I'm currently 24, going on 25, did some minor investing before, but only really started to take it and planning for retirement seriously maybe a few months ago. I had a lot of people tell me that now is the time to put money into high-risk investments since I'm young and can recoup my losses if they don't do well. I tend to be more risk adverse and anxious when it comes to money, going for companies that are more medium to low risk, but offer stable growth, or into mutual funds, CDs, and high yield savings. My question is sort of twofold. First, should I try to take the advice and go for more high risk and volatile areas while I'm young, or keep doing what I'm doing? And two, how to wrestle with the feelings of anxiety and worry about putting my hard-earned money into these high-risk areas. Any help would be appreciated. Thank you so much. 
Okay, I love, love this question because we can unpack so many things regarding uh, temperament, psychology, investment, time horizon, etc. And I think this will be incredibly valuable for many people out there. Uh, so let me first talk about a couple of nuances that I heard in the question slash comments, and that is you're 24 and you are retirement investing. So retirement investing means, in my understanding, unless you have a, you know, I want to retire at 50 or 45 or whatever, it means you're looking to the 60s, your age, as far as when you would need this money. So that's over 40 years until, or around 40 years, until you would need this money. Now, it's your retirement account, you're looking at not actually being able to touch it until you're 59 and a half. So there's your time frame uh, per se. But regardless, maybe it's not just retirement, maybe it's supplemental retirement. And you're not talking about a 401k, you're talking about putting additional monies away in a non-retirement account that could potentially be used for retirement. Either way, we are talking about a longer term time frame. I like that. I like that because when you approach the markets, you have to have a longer term time frame or you are going to drive yourself crazy with shorter term volatility. That is what ultimately becomes the bane of poor performance when people tend to make irrational decisions based on short term volatility. And that's not what you want to do. So check the box for long term investing. I like that. Number two, I'm going to make some assumptions that you've already socked away your emergency fund, you have your fast cash, you are doing your retirement plan investing at minimum, let's say 10%, and you have paid down ancillary garbage type debt. So that's your credit cards, your store cards, your auto loan, and possibly even your student loan. Assuming all of that, Let's go forward with the idea that you are looking to supplement a 401k or something of that sort, and you are investing, whether it be a Roth IRA or an individual account or something, for retirement or long-term investing. Now, let's take a step back and say maybe that long-term investing is to buy a house in the next 10 years or 15 years. That's fine as well. Because remember, if it's anything in the three to five-year time horizon, which we've said countless times, we're not a fan of investing for that. Three to five year time horizons? No, not not good idea. And we're seeing why that is right here. Okay, so let's check all those boxes. Long-term time horizon, uh, making sure you got the fast cash, emergency fund, putting money away in a retirement, budgeting, et cetera, all those things. And you're saying, yes, Quinn, I got all that. I'm still looking to invest. Okay, number three. I don't know what number I'm on. Whatever, I just threw that out there. Get away from all these people who are telling you what to do, okay? They probably don't have money. They're probably broke. They're probably living paycheck to paycheck. They're probably nonsense, okay? So I don't like that right off the bat. And maybe you're like, no, that's my grandfather. He's a multi-gazillionaire. He's been investing for 30 years, 80 years. Uh, that's different. But the way kind of you structured it was, it sounds like you're around with your buddies and they're like, ah, you're going to be investing for a long time. Buy this stock or buy this fund or whatever. And who cares about it? Okay, I don't like that. And the reason I don't like that is you told us very clearly, that's not your temperament. So you have to invest along the same alignment of your personal temperament. If that means that you never venture away from the S&P 500 
or you know a blue chip mutual fund, that's okay because I'm here to tell you that'll give you enough volatility and growth you know within itself. You don't have to venture out into crazy high risk speculative areas at all. Now, if you told us, look, I'm really risky. I really want to take you know long term bets and try to make as much money as I can. Well, that's a different story, and you could structure it so that you didn't blow up. Basically, there's some there's some ways you could you know add some growth funds or some index exposure that's tilted more towards growth. But going out and just picking you know crazy stuff to try to you know. YOLO your money, whatever that is. I know what it is, but I don't know if I said it right. But anyways, uh, you know, that's crazy. I I would never do that. So your temperament, it sounds like, is more in alignment of slow, steady, consistent returns over time. And guess what? That's exactly the temperament you need for long-term investing. And when I mean long-term investing, I mean 5, 10, no, sorry, 10, 15, 20 years. So Check all those boxes. Understand that your temperament is such that you're not in the high-risk camp, but you can achieve those goals. You can achieve your desires buying a basic mutual fund, index fund, S&P 500, total market index, whatever it may be. Put it on dividend reinvestment. Constantly, in my opinion, be dollar-cost averaging and adding that. And by golly, don't look at it over the next seven or eight years. Yeah, but it is certainly going to be more volatile than savings accounts and CDs. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're going to see the principal amount or the balance amount move on a month-to-month basis or year-to-year basis. Basically, whenever you log in, you're going to see movement because it's going to move every day. Uh, But that's relative to the risk that you're taking because you have to take some risk because a bank account and CD are not going to keep up with inflation. And your whole goal of investing, the reason why you take on risk and then get paid for that risk is to outpace inflation to generate some returns. So I think if people are listening and they really, their risk temperament is actually, I don't want to see my balance move at all, then it is okay to invest or save rather in savings accounts and CDs. But the trade-off then is now you have to save substantially more on a monthly basis or an annual basis in order to have enough for retirement later. So if that is you, not this particular person, but anybody listening, where you have zero risk appetite for stocks, then you would, I say, have to run the numbers and really understand what that then means to your plan because it means saving a massive amount on a monthly basis compared to somebody who is going to generate a return, uh, projected to generate a return above inflation and so forth. The grass is always greener. It still has to be mowed. True, unless it's turf or whatever, right? Yeah. My point is, is that in any environment, you could look at the other side and go, boy, it'd be nice to be on that side. Meaning, we're in an environment right now where markets are going down. There's great uncertainty, incredible volatility. People are losing money if you're invested. And it's easy to stand on one side of the fence and go, oh my goodness, I wish I wasn't in this. I wish I was over here and I didn't have any risk at all. Why Why am I doing this? Why am I bearing this risk? And it's very... Uh, you can become caught up in this sort of idea that over there, whatever over there is, CDs, cash in a bank account, whatever, is better off. But as Daniel just said, well, still has to be mowed. What do you mean by that? Well, if you don't want to invest, you don't want the volatility, you don't want the risk, then you are going to have to sock away over time a significant amount of more capital in order to reach your goals. 
I saw a clip. I loved the clip. I'll share it in the tribe from Warren Buffett the other day, who was basically quoted in one of his annual meetings as saying, many people don't understand, nor can they really accept the volatility that comes with owning stocks. If you can't accept watching a stock go down 30, 40, or 50%, you shouldn't own stocks. He mentioned that three times in Berkshire Hathaway's uh, tenure, the stock price went down 50%, more than 50%, three separate occasions. He said nothing was wrong with Berkshire. Nothing changed at all. It was the perception of the market pricing in that asset that said it was worth half that it was you know, a few months prior. But you have to be able to go through that in order to reap the benefits because over the very long period of time, that's, that stock, that investment has done extremely well. So in this environment right now, many investors are, are becoming aware of the idea that stocks don't always go up, that risk is part of the game. And that you have to be able to bear and stomach that. Now, I want to throw in a caveat that one of the reasons on this show we talk about index investing so much is that there are many companies that might not survive this environment. Now, what is this environment? Well, we don't quite know yet. Is this environment, you know, higher rates where people, companies that have a significant amount of debt go out of business and, you know, maybe types of businesses don't work anymore. I I don't know what that is, but many companies may not survive. If you own an index, if you own the S&P 500, you can rest assured that as those businesses falter, new businesses will be added. New businesses will emerge. And eventually, and it may take a very long time, but eventually that index will start to invest those dollars more into the good companies. That's how it's a market cap weighted index. And over time, that index will benefit as those companies grow as well. So you don't have to worry about you know picking the individual stock that's going to make it through. You just have to invest in the basket and know that over time, good companies are going to succeed, bad companies are going to fail. Maybe it's the environment, maybe it's management, whatever it may be. And ultimately, though, the basket should, over a long period of time, appreciate higher. But again, you have to go through some difficult times to get there. But if you go out there and you try to pick company XYZ because you think, oh, this company is so low and it just got beat up and I'm going to buy it and it's going to go higher, you have to be very careful because it might not. might not do that at all. True. Anything else for Jack that you got? No, I mean, you touched on it. Um, Think of... Think of your savings and investing in terms of you know buckets or silos or whatever. And if you're saving for retirement uh, and you have 20, 30 years, continue to save, uh, continue to invest, realize the volatility is going to happen, but that volatility is what's going to generate the returns in the long run. So uh, volatility and, and risk, um, they benefit you in some way, shape, or form. They're just sort of the painful roller coaster you, you ride through along the way. 20 plus years, uh, we've been managing money for other people, and I can tell you that it never gets easier going through the difficult times. We know it. We know what can happen. We know what will happen as far as, you know, this too eventually shall pass. We don't know how long it will take. Every environment is different. The uncertainties are different. I love when people say, well, we've never been in a situation like this. You're right. But when we were in COVID, we'd never been in that situation either. And then the financial crisis, we'd really never been in that situation either. So every environment is a never been in before. Uh, But we ultimately know, and this is why we invest, we believe in 
uh, the capitalist, uh, capitalist nature of, of America and the future growth of companies, regardless of what those companies are or how they will uh, profit in the future. They could be space exploration companies or who knows what. And those are the investments that might shine into the future. So hang in there, Jack. It's a difficult environment. But again, I think that you have to stay true to who you are, find a strategy that fits your temperament, and make sure that you are looking at a time horizon that is long enough for you to smooth out these short and intermediate term uh, declines that we're going through, for example, right now. Great question. Jack sent us, he audio clipped a question and emailed it to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. We will now send him a $25 Amazon gift card. We do need questions, so please do send those questions our way. Uh, keep them to about a minute. You notice that those are the questions that are rolling in right now, which we really appreciate. And again, if we use it on the podcast, we'll send you that $25 dollar Amazon gift card. The tribe is back rocking. I've, I've cleansed myself of the social media. I'm now back on the Facebook and uh, interacting with the tribe. So if you're still on Facebook, go ahead and hit up the DIY tribe and you can join that, uh, that group there. Remember friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very, very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.